we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. How's it going, everybody? And welcome to the Parish Pump podcast. Councillor Daisy here with you again, trying, as always, to be relevant, reactive. And today, in particular, I'm going to be a little bit reflective because I woke up this morning to a piece of news that has challenged me to look at myself as a politician, um, especially because of the surprise that was contained in the news story. So a colleague in Dáil Éireann, Jonathan O'Brien, TD, announced, well, it was announced in the article this morning that he wouldn't be standing in the next general election as a Sinn Féin candidate. Um, Jonathan is someone that I admire a lot, not just because he's a League of Ireland fan, um, but as a politician, he describes himself as a an activist politician. And for me, and I know many people in, in our particular party place a high value on that model, um, as I do myself. So for someone like Jonathan to say that he's, you know, this is a guy who's been 20 years in politics, he's served his time on county council and was elected to the Dáil in the last general election. Um, and it's someone who I would describe as passionate and compassionate. Uh, and I, I really think that that's how he presents himself as a politician, both in the Dáil and on the ground. But I'm really fascinated by the article um, and some of the content uh, and how it really challenges um, us as politicians to reflect on what are the things we're presented with. And when, when Jonathan talks about um, how he sometimes seems to feel powerless in terms of the people that are presenting to him and the issues that they're presenting with and the needs that they have and you know, it may be he's the first person they come to as their local TD. Maybe he's the last person they come to because they've tried to activate and access services that they know they need and maybe aren't available to them or they can't seem to get uh, a response. Um, And for him as a TD to have his door open and say, I am available, present yourself to me. I will support you. I am there for you. Um, And, he, you know, for I see this our role as politicians um, very much uh, kind of about this concept of proximity is how I look at it. And for me, the proximity is about how close are we to the people that we represent, not just the people who voted for us, but the people we represent and how close are we to their issues um, and how close are we willing to be is probably the secondary question there because we shouldn't presume that every politician is living the same life as their constituents. But there's something about how much we are willing to be there, be present um, with them in their struggles. Um, and I suppose we present ourselves as political representatives. We represent people um, and people perceive us to have a connection with the systems and structures that are there to serve them. Um, so when they come to us looking for support, it's really with an expectation that we are people who can activate support on their behalf. Uh, and that's something that really now is, uh, as a local politician, it's something that you, you very much have to keep thinking and rethinking and wondering and navigating um, while you're in the arena 
as a as an elected rep and there are other elected reps in the same arena um, you really have to wonder about how do I present myself and what expectations am I willing to take on um, and which which issues are are up for grabs um, when I am saying to to the people in the community come to me if you have an issue or a problem or a challenge um, because very much what Jonathan was saying is that um, people are able to articulate their needs um, but for him it's 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 almost like his best response at times is signposting and it can be quite frustrating um, when you're signposting people to services or organizations that you know the, the example he gives is the is the mental health one in particular where someone needs immediate acute care and a response in the now um, and we come across that and as politicians well I certainly make myself available for someone who's in a crisis uh, to contact me um, however if if I am telling them now you need to go to your GP and then the GP will tell you that now you need to go and join a waiting list and this acute problem in the very real now becomes a problem that has to go and sit on a waiting list uh, and that can be really devastating for people it's the same i suppose in our reality with housing um if someone has been told that they have to leave their rented accommodation by a certain date that's a countdown clock to um for some people oblivion because there isn't an obvious and available um solution to that problem and of course we uh, provide housing as a council uh, in terms of local politics but we don't have enough and we aren't building enough and we aren't making enough available for the need that's there so that's our reality and even with the ambition of what will be coming down the line um, still every other week every other month there are new people who are presenting with the need for a housing response um, and that includes I suppose people who are looking to not have be housed by the council per se but are wondering will the council be involved in providing affordable housing in their area uh, so there's all these layers of issues that people present with um, and what what Jonathan has decided to do has kind of struck me and, and challenged me to think as we start the new year um, you know how do I approach my work in service to people and how do I manage the expectations um, and how do I deal with the disappointment of people who are already maybe struggling and suffering and already um, perhaps angry and frustrated uh, and may choose to take that out on me um, which is again absolutely they're right and I would never judge someone in that regard um, but but when I step away from it I have to wonder um, what am I working towards in my political life um, and it's funny that if you if you're in a, in the business world or even a little bit in, in community development or youth work there's this uh, expectation to look at what's the success criteria uh, for the work that you're going to undertake and it's a funny one, I think, in politics, because what's the success criteria for a county councillor? Um, is it the policies that you develop? Is it the individuals that you support? Um, is it the photographs that you end up in or uh, the, the positions on committees that you acquire? Um, the number of votes 
that you get. Uh, so the success criteria is one that uh, I'm definitely wondering about uh, because the success criteria is often, for me, is something that also is internal, that if I don't feel like I'm having an impact or if I don't feel like uh, I'm part of a structure that can create positive change, um, then that's going to have an impact on my my well-being, perhaps. Um, and there is something about well-being in politics uh, that is really, really interesting for me because often you see, in, particularly in national politics, you see people um, getting themselves in, in the headlines for for issues that then draw a lot of uh, judgment or maybe some ridicule and some harsh uh, commentary. Um, and in a way, you're supposed to take it because when you decide to go into politics, you put yourself in the public domain and you got to take what's coming. Um, and that might be okay on some level, but ultimately, I think, I'm nearly sure that every politician is also human. Um, and maybe, yeah, we're supposed to have a thick skin and maybe we're supposed to take the, the hits when they come. Um, but really behind it all, we are also people and we also have families and maybe we have even other struggles uh, in our lives um, and ultimately whether we depended on uh, how what volume of hits you have to take in the public domain whether it's social media or whether it's someone sitting right in front of you um, deciding to take out some anger and frustration on you um, there is you still have to manage your own well-being as an elected rep um, and that's something quite interesting because it's something that if you don't have a team around you, if you don't have uh, really, for me, it's structured processes that help me manage the tough times uh, within politics, then, yeah, maybe you get to a point where you either look to avoid the tough stuff um, or you find a way to manage it or it just eats away at you. And maybe, you know, you're the person that you came into the political arena as in your imagination, um, doesn't turn out to be the one that that is doing the daily graft. Uh, so I know that as a elected rep, I and and because my personal life always intertwines with my political life, and that's not something I'm I. It's not something I really try to differentiate because all my life is intertwined, and I'm very comfortable with that. But I certainly would use mindfulness as a tool. Um, for managing my well-being in all my life. Um, but this morning, I, I particularly read the article about Jonathan. And I thought, I'm going to pull out everyone. Anyone who knows me knows I'm, I'm mad into uh, cards and tools for practicing mindfulness. So I pulled out one of my decks of cards, uh, which are really brilliant and have kind of three elements to them. There's a, a set of cards that are reminders there are a set of cards that are about the challenge, uh, challenges of life, and then there's another set that are about contemplation. Um, and I, I kind of spread them out and had to look at them to see what were jumping out at me today, considering this idea of how your work in politics and how you define the success and how you manage the, the disappointment and perhaps the failure um, to change things fundamentally, whether it's for an individual or whether it's for the whole of society. Um, what what do we do to kind of handle handle the fact that change is probably, uh, well, the reality is that change takes time as well and it's a slow process. So how long are you willing to commit to it is another uh, question that we face, uh, you know, 
So some of the cards that came up for my reminder um, that jumped out at me from the deck were uh, this Be Truly Grateful uh, is the first one. And that's, you know, again, something I remind myself of in terms of being elected um, and having a a position in, in the council. I'm truly grateful that people chose me and that I have this opportunity both inside my own party from the membership to select me to stand and then the electorate. Um, then there's the another one, be present. And that's really important because for me, you can't be, you know, the, the pr- be present is also related to proximity. It's, it's if you're not present for the people that are presenting themselves, whether it's a group of people or an individual, or if you're not present for the, the roles that you take on different committees, um, then you're not really giving uh, of your full self. Um, and then you can't really expect that, you know, the full potential of what might come from, from your action um, will be maximized. Uh, the third one in the reminders is be patient. And it's a tough one. And, and I think in life nowadays, everything is fast forward. Everything is instant. Everything, uh, all the expectations are, um, where it's kind of pushed on us to be, to expect things to happen now. Um, you can, you know, the digital world kind of tells us that you can click and be satisfied um, in an instant. And this instant gratification uh, is really kind of pushed on us, I'd say, on a daily basis in terms of our, our lives and how we look for, um, how we seek pleasure, or how do we um, kind of fulfill our desires. Uh, the fourth one is practice kindness. And I think that's a, a really important one in terms of how I engage even with other elected reps um, uh, with officials that, that are part of the, the machine of local government um, and with the people that I meet, whether, again, they're individuals who come into the office or groups or people when you're knocking on doors or at events, um, that, you know, yes, it's a, the political arena can be one where um, there is conflict in terms of different ideas and different proposals and different views of how things should be done, but... For me, it doesn't mean that you can't practice kindness uh, throughout. Um, the Another one in the reminders is uh, be open to change. And that kind of jumped out at me because I, I guess that's what Jonathan has accepted uh, himself is that he is open to change um, and is now just going to pursue a different pathway. Um, and I'm sure that he has thought long and hard about that. I'm sure he has discussed it with all his colleagues and with all the important people um, that are relevant to his decision um, and it's that I think courage to be open to change um, that allows us to make good decisions that we can stand over um, and that if we are pursuing a new pathway uh, that we're committed to it and I think that's important um, some of the, the contemplations so things to think about some of them cards were uh, interesting they jumped out at me um, and they're kind of the sometimes the, the mindfulness stuff uh, because it's so abstract in one sense um there is a, a kind of a challenge to commit yourself to things when you're in the the mire when you're in the middle of a struggle um sometimes mindful practice is really challenging because it's trying to pull you out of the moment um to change your perspective on that moment um, and then to kind of look at where you're going to go um, while accepting 
what's happening at the moment. So there's some of the contemplations are like life is a gift and that's a given and it sounds fluffy, but uh, I think it's a very healthy reminder. Um, then there's one about the importance of negative experiences. And that's interesting for me as a, as a parent as well. And it's, it's important in, in politics to use the negative experiences maybe as motivation or as drivers or as reminders um, for where you stand, what you believe in, what your values are, uh, and they can be a tool um, to drive you. Um, if we are avoiding them and dodging them and or living a life without any negative experiences, um, that's something I very much would struggle to relate to. Um, and I, I certainly don't think even as a, as a father that I want to cotton wool my children um, in life so that they don't ever have negative experiences because then you're missing opportunities to learn and I think struggle is part of life and there's so much learning to be had through struggle um, you know it's not to say that we should force it or impose it on ourselves but I think their struggle uh, and negative experiences are also opportunities um, and then there's uh, the, the last one in the contemplation that jumped out on me was the importance of letting go. And that's, I suppose, again, uh, connected to the reminder about learning to let go, that it is important uh, to let go. Um, as, as hard as that might be in any sense, uh, there is uh, value uh, in placing an importance on letting go. And the last set then are the challenges, and that's... Uh, they're the ones you carry with you a little bit. So there's be mindful of your thoughts. And that's one that I would always um, recommend even for my work with young people is that if you're, if you're aware of your thoughts and where they're leading you and what they're, what's the narrative going on in your mind, and uh, then you can almost um, take a little bit of control about saying, yeah, I'm aware that those thoughts are happening right now. Um, and I've noticed them. And now I'm not going to allow them to be my truth necessarily, or I am going to react to them um, and see them for what they are. Uh, so being mindful of your thoughts is important. Um, there's the challenge to look after, to take time to look after yourself. Um, and again, that's a tough one in, in the service industry, I suppose, or the caring sectors that um, I often work with people, and especially in the mindfulness world where, uh, if you're in the caring sector or you're in the service, you know, you see your work and your life as a service to others, then you're in the giving business and the giving business um, is a wonderful uh, place to be. But if you don't, you know, this this metaphor about the well, if you don't have a well where you can go to the well and refill, um, then your giving is it can be finite. There can be a limit to what you can give. Um, and we all hear about and I, I, I don't know to what extent it happens in politics or how other elected reps experience burnout. Uh, but I know in the youth work world and in the education world, uh, where I also exist, burnout is a, is a feature there. And that's, I think, about people who are committed to giving and maybe uh, haven't figured out the balance between looking after yourself um, as a way of giving um, and giving of your best Um I think that's uh, that becomes then a feature of people who who move away from the caring sectors or move away from this sense of service um, because they just haven't got anything left to give, and that can be um, it can be sad, but it also can can be harmful because if you if you if it's not about a conscious decision, 
um, then it can be tough to manage. Um, and the last one in the in the challenge cards was uh, overcoming fear. Um, and again, that's an interesting one for uh, fear of change, I suppose, is a huge one. If you're deciding to move away from something uh, or to change your pathway to another path, um, there can be huge fear there, especially if the path you're on is maybe comfortable on some level or is solid in terms of you know what you get from it. Uh, Jonathan says in his article that he is well aware that the salary for TD is is, is very good, even though uh, himself and colleagues don't take the, the pay rises that are a feature also of, of being a TD, but he is well aware that the salary is good um, and he could probably comfortably coast along as a TD, um, get the job done and get well paid but it's not compatible. His approach to politics is not compatible with that approach, with the coasting uh, approach. And again, I have a lot of admiration uh, for any elected rep who can decide that um, they're going to make a change uh, in spite of the fact that they could probably imagine comfortably getting re-elected, um, but that they've, they're willing and have the courage to to step down uh, or not contest and pursue a different pathway. Um, and I think a part of that is definitely overcoming fear. And in the real world, you know, whether you, you know, within the politics, as I am very new in that world, there's a lot of fears that you have to overcome as well. And that could be anything from um, speaking in a microphone at a meeting, uh, presenting yourself to the public, um, doing your own promote self promotion if you don't have a comfort zone for that. Um, the fear of letting people down, the fear of failure in terms of uh, someone presenting a very clear need and, and you trying to respond to it and uh, not being able to give them um, exactly what they need when they need it. Um, and there's a kind of fear then of the, the retribution that might come with some of your actions, whether that's a vote that you've taken or a stance that you have. Um, so there's kind of layers of fear, I suppose, in the world of politics that we have to accept and face um and i think for me it's about facing them and chipping away sometimes at them the fear of doing a podcast was very real in the last two months i would say um and in the last three days i've 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 knocked out two of them so that's me facing my fear again who will listen who will enjoy who will who will return for the next episode i don't know um but doing them isn't really causing me any harm it's just taking up some of my time and uh, it's worth the exploration um, to see if it's something that that people do connect with and either way it's it's nice for me to kind of try and get train of thought into some coherent flow um, so we'll see how that goes but I'll close I suppose by kind of um, wrapping up with this sense of regardless of whether you're in politics or not, uh, well-being is something that is in the narrative now. It's something we're talking about a lot uh, across our lives and it's something I'm particularly interested in with in terms of youth mental health. Um, but I would say that the well-being in politics is something that really hasn't been an open conversation um, and maybe it's something that I'm going to look to stimulating uh, within and amongst my 
my colleagues in the coming year. Uh, I often wonder sometimes about if you were to do a well-being audit in a in a county council or in a or in the doll, um, across all the roles, not just the elected reps. Um, I wonder uh, to what degree people are well uh, within the political world uh, across, like from top to bottom, inside and out. Uh, and maybe the electorate and the public would benefit from more uh, well-being within the political arena. Um, so let's see how that goes. Um, so thanks, thanks for tuning in, um, and I'll talk to you soon. Daisy, over and out. <laughs> <laughs>